Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Northern Rock and Lloyds promise billions of pounds of new mortgage lending, but will it help if you're trying to get a remortgage for 90% of your property's value? India is flavour of the month at the Oscars, so can it produce award-winning investment returns? And we answer this pension question from a listener. My concern is what happens if a SIP provider gets into financial trouble? Is my investment safe? Is it being fenced in the same way as it is you know, with a life company? All this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with the help of my colleagues from FT Money, Charlene Goff. Hello. Ellen Kelleher. Hello. And Lucy Warwick-Cheng. Hello. So let's start with the money news. This week, Northern Rock, the nationalised bank, announced that it will lend an additional £14 billion over the next two years to help kick-start the mortgage market. And £5 billion of that will be available this year. Then, just days later, Lloyd's Banking Group, which now includes Halifax, promised to provide billions of pounds in extra mortgage funding in exchange for being let off its £480 million annual interest charge from the government. So is this finally the freeing up of credit that the state-controlled lenders are supposed to have been facilitating for months now, but kind of haven't? Charlene, is this good news for borrowers at last? Yes, it is good news for borrowers. It seems the government is finally doing what it should be doing to free up more money into the system. And that, in recent months particularly, has been the biggest problem. We've seen mortgage rates come down, affordability has eased for many borrowers at least, but still a number of borrowers have been shut out of the market because there just has not been enough money to lend to them. So this should help that. The figures seem pretty big, in particularly compared with the expectations for how much lending will be done this year. I think in total it's about 10% additional borrowing. So that should at least pump that money into the system and, and get things moving. Like you say, the money will be available to Northern Rock. Lloyds has also promised to do more lending and also Royal Bank of Scotland, which is also part owned by the government, has said that it will be doing more mortgage lending. So all three of the big state banks coming back into the market. Now, just last week, we were reporting on the fact that 90% loan-to-value mortgages were proving very elusive. They were being advertised, but very hard to get. Will these announcements make a difference to anyone seeking a 90% loan? Yes, it should do, and that's really good news, because like you say, there have been few, very few 90% mortgages available. Northern Rock particularly looks like it will re-enter that market sort of sooner rather than later. And Alistair Darling has actually said, uh, made that pledge and said that Northern Rock will be offering 90% 
deal, so really it has to now. Uh, whether Lloyds and RBS will do more in that region, we'll have to wait and see. But definitely you will get Northern Rock there. And theoretically, if it makes mortgages more mortgages available at, at that higher loan-to-value level, other lenders should be more willing to come in. So I think one problem has been, you know, whereas lenders who are active in the market, like HSB and Abbey, the non-state controlled lenders, they have been quite reticent at coming back to the riskier end because they didn't want to be inundated with applications. So if you've got Northern Rock in there as well, you know, that, that might encourage a couple more lenders in, which is really good news, particularly for first-time buyers. It certainly should be. Um, for those who bought, say, a year or two years ago, however, and they have seen the value of their property fall, which has put them above 90%. Uh, there isn't going to be much help, though, is there? Because even though Northern Rock used to lend 100% or famously 125%, that's not on the cards now, is it? No, definitely not. I think uh, the government has actually ruled out any lending at 100% of a property's value and brokers think it's very unlikely that they'll even come back at 95% because the feeling is that property prices have still got some way to fall. So if you take out a mortgage or you remortgage a property at sort of 95% loan to value, within months you could be a negative equity and that's something that they really want to avoid. So if you are in that situation, you probably will have to hold on f for a while and, and revert to your lender's standard rate, which, which shouldn't be too high, so it shouldn't be too problematic. But if you have did have a bit more equity in your property before the price falls, you may be able to mortgage away, which is good news. And finally, let's just look at the other side of the equation, savings. Um, will the fact that these lenders are now going to be extending far more mortgages mean that they, they need to look for more savings deposits and offer better rates? Well, I think Northern Rock will be looking for more savings. It's getting, I think, £10 billion over two years from the government, and it's also looking to do a further five or so billion on top of that, which will come from deposits. So to get that money in, it will probably have to launch some quite nice savings rates to, to encourage people to put their money with the bank. Um, savers who do go into Northern Rock have got the additional benefit of their money being completely safe. So if Northern Rock is offering some of the best rates, it will be quite tempting for savers to put their money there. And, you know, hopefully things could look a bit better for savers as well. So it could be a win-win situation. Well, thanks very much, uh, Charlene. And for full details of the new mortgage funding and what it means for you, you can read Charlene's analysis in this weekend's FT Money, Inside the Weekend FT, or go online at ft.com forward slash money. Remember that you can also send in your questions to be answered by our experts by emailing us at our new address, money at ft.com. Last weekend, all things Indian were certainly in fashion in Hollywood, as Slumdog Millionaire, the rags-to-riches tale set in the slums of Mumbai, scooped up eight Academy Awards, including Best Picture. So we at FT Money were interested to note that a new fund investing in India was launched the day after. Called the Kotak India Income Fund, it will be denominated in US dollars, and invest in Indian government securities and corporate bonds. So to find out more about it, Ellen had a chat with the fund manager, Sham Kumar. Mr. Kumar, you've decided to launch this fund, which is invested largely in Indian government securities and corporate bonds at a time when the economic cycle 
doesn't suggest that you should be investing in the market at all. What is your argument for launching this fund? See, as we see it, uh, India is a medium to long-term play. And as a fund house, which is uh, very active on the Indian markets, we believe this is a different and new opportunity which is available for international investors to invest. As we've seen till now, we've seen only equity investments going to the market in India. It's a different kind of an opportunity which is available. And we believe that uh, given the, uh, the, the belief that India will deliver on the long term, at this point in time, with the spreads available on uh, investing into Indian debt, uh, we believe it's a fantastic uh, opportunity. So it's another way of sort of offering an India solution. Can you describe the makeup of the fund? How is this fund going to work? See, the uh, investor, uh, the, the, the fund is going to be uh, in the nature of a fund of fund. The fund is going to be investing in underlying rupee India debt funds. What the investor would look, uh, get is an exposure to Indian corporate debt and government securities. And uh, it's just not uh, the yield which uh, one would get, which is currently, we believe, will be about 7 to 8%. But we'll also expect uh, some active management, and therefore uh, slightly higher return than 8%, probably about 10%. And that's uh, really what investors uh, should be guided to look at. Can you describe the Indian debt markets, the state of the Indian debt markets now? I mean, the government has recently taken steps to sort of bolster investments. The government has announced... Uh, now the third uh, stimulus package. The first and the second one were focused on infrastructure and uh, uh, easing liquidity. Now the government has announced a third package, which is effectively on reducing excise duty and uh, uh, reducing service taxes. Uh, so therefore, we believe consumption will pick up uh, going forward. On the Indian debt market front, uh, you have a debt market which is uh, uh, effectively about uh, 280-odd billion dollars uh, in government securities, outstanding government securities, and about uh, something like $500 billion in corporate debt, which includes uh, bank CDs. So that's the size of the market. And uh, what one, again, believes is this. And today, as things stand, uh, the 10-year uh, government securities yielded about 6.2%. And uh, you find corporate AAA 10-year paper yielding about, uh, about 280 basis points above that. So effectively what one is saying is uh, between 9 and 10% is what uh, you get on AAA 10-year paper. Given uh, that uh, it's a very different uh, opportunity and the, 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 the difference in interest rates between what you get here and what you get in India is clearly the opportunity which we see going forward. That was Sham Kumar, manager of the new Kotak India Income Fund. So, Ellen, I suppose the question is, do you think it'll be a box office smash or a complete turkey? Well, hopefully so. I mean, I think right now there are some doubts about the the general state of of the world's economy, of course. But India is poised to do better than most emerging markets. And, you know, we've seen that gilt and bond funds had a very good run last year. So I, I think Mr. Kumar is particularly excited about kind of the prospect of coming into the market at a time when interest rates are so low. You know, this isn't a crowded market. There are a few Indian income funds out there. That's a good point. There are other funds investing in India, but they tend to invest in Indian equities, whereas Mr. Kumar's fund is a, is a bond fund. Uh, looking at the equities side, what's the general view about uh, the Indian stock market? Is there opportunity there or is it too high risk? I would say that Indian fund managers are, are quite bullish on the market. They remain bullish despite the downturn in the economy. And the market right now is trading at 
9.5 times forward earnings, which looks relatively cheap given its historical value. And there are stocks that managers still like. I mean, Sam Matani at FNC was just—I was just chatting with him the other day—and he said that, you know, you look at, you know, companies like Reliance Industries, which is you know one of the premier oil and petrol. Uh, companies in the world, and and they're doing quite well and trading at a, a low valuation. And BHL and the State Bank of India, so so there is a lot of value to be found there in the equity side. So opportunities abound if you're willing to head out to India. Ellen, thank you very much. And finally today, another of your questions answered. This week, it's on self-invested personal pensions. Um, so Lucy, who has been contacting you this week? Well, one of our readers, Mike Nee from Suffolk, contacted us because he was worried about his money in his pension fund, and he's interested in investing in a SIP. I'm considering taking out a SIP, but I've noticed, unlike a normal life company pension, where I, I hold my, my um, fund units directly with the pension company, actually with a SIP provider, I may actually be holding my units with the SIP provider rather than directly with the fund manager. And my concern is, what happens if a SIP provider gets into financial trouble? Is my investment safe? Is it being fenced in the same way as it is you know, with a life company? So a bit of a technical question, that one. I asked Tom McPhail, Head of Pensions Research at Hargreaves Lansdowne, to give Mike an answer. In terms of the financial services compensation scheme and in terms of how investors would be treated if anything went wrong, the key difference between a personal pension and a SIP is that with a personal pension, any losses um, as a result of uh, fraud or mismanagement would be covered for a personal pension up to 100% of the first £2,000 of your investment and 90% thereafter with no upper limit. Whereas with a SIP, you're simply covered up to a limit of £48,000. So in absolute terms, in the event that something goes wrong with your SIP provider, you would potentially have more compensation under a personal pension than a SIP. And so is this kind of protection levels, is this something Mr. Nee should be worried about? Well, I think it's, it's good. It's important then to put that into perspective because in reality, um, it is extremely unlikely that either of those limits will be tested. For example, if you invest into a SIP, you're using the SIP provider as, as an administrator. And generally, your money is then invested on into a bank account, in which case it's held with a bank, Lloyd's TSB, for example, or it's going into direct shares, or it's going into mutual funds with an investment house. And as a consequence, then, if your SIP provider goes bust, it won't make any difference because your money isn't actually with the SIP provider. It's been invested on into, uh, into the investment house, into Jupiter or Fidelity or Artemis. And in addition, it's not even held in the name of the SIP provider. It's actually held in the name of a nominee company. It's held in trust. So again, if your SIP provider goes bust, it shouldn't affect your investments. And is there anything else that um, Mr. Nee should be thinking about when he's actually choosing a pension? Well, I, I, th I think really the two, two, two probably more important considerations, the two things that are more likely to have an impact on his uh, investments in terms of the question he's asked here, are first of all, picking the right investments, because that's more likely to have an impact on the value of his retirement fund. It's a simple question of whether he picks good investments or bad investments. And secondly, in the event that um, uh, something does go wrong with his pension provider, whether it's a personal pension or a SIP, then it's extremely unlikely that he's likely to have to make a compensation 
claim. I think what's more likely to affect him is a simple administrative inconvenience that would ensue from your pension provider going bust. And again, I stress that it won't make any difference whether it's a personal pension or a SIP. If a company goes bust, there's inevitably going to be a hiatus when perhaps he won't be able to trade online and that kind of thing. So, so I think it, 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 it's really primarily he should be invest, focusing on the investment decisions. And, and hopefully this question of compensation of a company going bust won't ever impact on his savings. Tom McPhail from Hargreaves lands down there. And you can read more about personal and company pensions, plus another reader's question in this week's FT Money in the weekend's FT But that's all for this week's FT Money Show. Do remember that you can email your views and your questions to our new address, money at ft.com. And you can now also read the latest news every weekday on our website, ft.com forward slash money, and listen to audio podcast updates throughout the week. We'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from Lucy, Ellen, and Charlene. Goodbye. Goodbye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.